This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. This podcast also does not establish a standard of care, doctor-patient or client relationship. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. And because each person is so unique, all listeners are encouraged to connect with counseling and medical professionals for assistance with their personal journey. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. Welcome to We're Not Fine. I'm Dr. Talia Jackson. And I'm Doug Jensen. We thank you for listening every week to our deep and thought-provoking conversations about relationships. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Welcome to We're Not Fine. Yet another episode with Doug and Talia. (laughs) It's actually very late at night, and we look... Drunk and high, but we swear we're not. Actually, Doug does. I don't think I look drunk and high. The only thing I'm observing as I look at the screen is that you are ready for fall. I am. And I'm still in my summer garb. Well, in Minnesota, we have this very strange in-between season. Yeah. yeah. I was actually going to what wear... What is it called? It's called Schmall. <laughs> Schmodum. I'm prepared because right now it looks like winter. I I've got this like sweat. You look good though. You look good. Thank you. Thank you. I just got my hair done. I'm really excited about it. Me too. But guess what's underneath? A bra. A tank top with a mock turtleneck. Okay. Just in case of hot flashes. Oh, how convenient. (laughs) But it is. It's a really beautiful time of year. It was like perfect. I love it. It was also Douglas. L. Jensen, Mysterious L, that I'll give you $100 to a person that guesses his middle name. You can DM me. So you know what's funny about that? I did not let any of my classmates or friends know what my middle name was until graduation night when they announced it. And I'm, and everyone was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not really that is. funny. I know you do. Don't say it out loud. Um, DM me. D.R. Talia Jackson. You're so technically savvy. I'll give DM. you DM. Slide give you into my DMs. A hundred dollars of Doug's hard-earned money. You will not. <laughs> nope. Um. Guess what, you guys? Tell me. Doug has <clears throat> a birthday. I did. His twenty-fifth birthday again for the fortieth time. Okay, that's okay. That was really mean. <laughs> He's gonna stab me. But we actually had a great birthday weekend. I oh my god! Because I was there for like a lot of it. I think you saw me all weekend. Except for the only part I wasn't there for was the 11 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. domino night. So here's how I love my birthdays, by the way. So I had a big dinner out at a steakhouse with just my closest absolute inner circle people who are ride or dies. I'm so fortunate to have all of you in my life. Wow, that that hand got really close Did to it? my face. <laughs> all, all of my people. So 11 of my favorite people joined me for my birthday. It was absolutely a delight. <laughs> and you all love each other too. And because there's this common denominator of me... <laughs> I don't even know how to finish that because it feels really self-centered, but I kind of mean it. Like, I have just been so lucky in my life to have people, some are 40-year-old friendships, um, and some are three-year friendships. So all that big span was happening. I see you want to laugh. I don't even know I why. I do. I don't know. I'm officially really loopy. We're we're doing You're in late... the middle. You're like 20-some years. It ha- it's true. I know. 
25, yeah. Yeah, 20 years. Yeah. So really fun birthday. And then the and th that night we got home and a bunch of my friends, we played dominoes until four. That's right. And I was exhausted and I don't even remember the rules because evidently there's a lot of rules to dominoes that a birthday boy doesn't feel like he needs to follow. Yeah, it sounds like um, you got really belligerent. You I didn't get too belligerent. I did take other people's uh, dominoes though. And then he got three hours of sleep and yeah. then we met out at a Vikings game, which, which was also really fun. I'm a massive hockey person. Love the Minnesota Wild. Love the Bruins. Love Brad Marchand, much like, unlike a lot of people, but my favorite. So Brad, if you're listening. Of course he's listening. Please message me. Everyone's listening. I would love nothing more than that. <laughs> How, however, we go to this Vikings game and I wanted, I only wanted to go. My buddy had free tickets and we invited you and Rob. Yes. Um, and it was so much fun. But you know, I've kind of become a football fan as a result of that experience at U.S. Bank Stadium. It was a ridiculously gorgeous stadium. I'm sure everybody knows that, except me. We hosted the Super Bowl. We've kind of built it for the Super Bowl. It was so much fun. We didn't get to leave, though, right? We didn't get to see the whole game, and we did lose by three Oh, points. my gosh. And we left. With it, what was it, like 17, 17 to 17? 17, yep. And we left, and then the last 10 minutes. And no offense to lost. Tampa Bay, but they did not look like the strongest team compared to us. We looked stronger. So I don't know how this happened. I think it happened because we left. I think I think early. we did that. I think we hoaxed it. And so we then, this is what we're also excited to tell you. This we're is tell so you our great. whole weekend. <clears throat> Doug bought this incredible painting from a local artist named Nick Harper. He was like, you've got to meet this guy. You've got to see the studio. He... Doug, you set it up so that we're going to actually interview him. It's going to be our live, our first live experience interview, and we're going to his killer studio. Yeah. And by killer, I mean you walk in. It's called the Rogue Buddha Gallery. Yeah. And you get head-to-toe goosebumps, and he was playing like this, like a dark and ominous music, and yeah. his his art is like haunting. It's it is haunting. And then, mm -hmm. of course, I've shown everybody the piece of art that I bought because I could not stop thinking about it. I was haunted by it, really, because I walked by his studio and it was in the front door during Art of World. And I could not stop thinking about it. So I came back another time. I looked at it again. I cried every time I looked at it. And yes. I'm like, I just got to fucking buy this picture. So I bought it, this painting. Um, and I showed it to all of you in person. And it's so different in person to see... Just the detail that he puts into it. I cannot wait. Yes. But we are recording at his studio. And I just, it's so, so like in awe of this talented man yes. who is so humble. Like when I say things like, do you know what that picture means to me? He'll be like, oh, he's know, just the sweetest we're gonna guy. We're going to have to talk to him about that. We're going to talk to him about his humility. Because I was like, yeah. your paintings yep. just like pierce right through my soul. Yeah. And he's like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> What is this? Anyway, yeah. And a friend of ours, Emily, had the same experience. It was really emotional. Yeah, She's still processing. It's so powerful. So please look forward to it. We're going to, you know, our first one offsite, we're actually doing it in front of an audience. So there might be some noises. I'm but not sure. Don't but... be offended that we didn't invite you. It's our very first one. So we're doing friends and family. And it was like real close. We're like, hey, do you want to come and see a live episode? Yeah. And then everyone said yes. And then we closed the door. And so that's going to be really fun. And we've got so it many is. interesting up and coming things to share with you. Yeah. But today we are interviewing Dr. April Brown, who's going to talk to us all about sex and intimacy. Yeah. 
And not just intimacy in the bedroom, but intimacy everywhere. So tune and you know, in. tune in. And it was really exciting. Uh, it's very late at night, and she lives on the west uh, east coast, mm -hmm. and so it's an hour later. The thing that I'm really struck by in all of this is that you know one of the things that I'm struck by when I'm interviewing somebody who actually does what I do. Like I kind of like the differences of our approaches or things that might be different. I did find that April and us had a lot. You know, we in April, April and and we. Um, <laughs> April and we. For sure. Is that what it is? Grammar. Yeah. I mean. Oh, my God. Okay. Grammar, please. <laughs> it's way too late. Um, so this... We forgot to put in our special eye drops that make us look perkier. Actually, I don't need them. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but yeah. <laughs> Remember last time when we said that our eyes looked beige? <laughs> <laughs> and then one okay. time I only had eye drops for one. And so my eye was really big and bright. And the other one was like... Half close. Yeah, that, that was, that was really, a good look for me that time. That was really bad. Please don't look back at the earlier episodes because you could see it. But I just want to say it was really great talking with her and, and just chatting about like something every one of us experiences with intimacy. So I, I hope you enjoy it. Have Without fun. Without further ado. Dr. April Brown. Friends, we are so excited to introduce to you Dr. April Brown, and let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a doctor of intimacy. I want to call you a sex and intimacy doctor. I do love that. Also a licensed psychologist and an author of six books, a whole series called Improving Intimacy, and a certified sex therapist with a thriving private practice in Florida where she specializes in adults with anxiety, depression, self-esteem issues, relationships, and trauma, much like us. We have very similar practices. We do, yeah. Your main focus is helping couples seeking to improve their relationship. And today, you are here to tell us all about intimacy, not just the spicy kind in the bedroom. Although but, we like that. Although we are going to talk about that as well. <laughs> but in all little areas of your life and i'm really excited i am so excited to have you here as well thank you so much for joining us dr brown i'm very excited to talk to you about this and part of it is of course that we talk about intimacy with probably every couple we've worked with like i, I one of my funniest stories is when i asked a couple like tell me about your physical uh relationship and the guy said you know that's really personal and i'm like but I think you're in my office. <laughs> maybe that's why you're here. And so we should maybe trust your therapist to like ask those questions and disclose. Um, so intimacy is not only something that we all talk about, but we all experience in our relationships, whatever type of relationship we're in, um, intimate intimacy becomes an issue. But also I think it's just such an interestingly broad topic that a lot of people have a hard time talking about, right? So I'm kind of curious if you could ask this much more general question about like, what is the importance of talking about intimacy in our lives? Well, because I think it affects, like you said, every aspect. And when you're truly intimate, you're truly present. And when you're truly present, I think that's something that the medical world, psychology, um, spiritual, yep. all says to be in the present moment. And when you're fully in the present moment, that decreases, of course, the anxiety and depression, but it also makes you more able to connect you know if two people are finally in the same space which is a really interesting thing because my immediate response to that is like you know getting to the same space can be difficult for people right right you know and what would you say about that like how do people find that shared space um well sometimes it requires them to let down their barriers 
You know, sometimes trauma stops people from connecting. That's one aspect. Of course, addictions and busyness and schedules and phones and all the other can stop people from truly connecting. But it's it's so important, even um, psychologically-wise, sorry, and health-wise. Yeah. Yeah. April, I wonder if we might even back up a little bit and talk about like what the definition of intimacy is to you. You know, okay. as something that you, you know, because it seems, it seems so broad, it might be helpful to our audience to kind of define what that means to you. So for, for me, intimacy means truly being present, intimate you see, and that's even with yourself, truly like understanding that. yourself, being fully present, you know, that's with your higher power, that's with yeah. your partner, that's with, you know, your relatives, it's being fully present. Do you know how many times people, their mind is somewhere else, like their body's there? Especially like in today's like world, I'm saying, yeah. Ahead or behind or wherever the case may be, yeah. yeah. And so when you're I mean, truly intimate, you can really see and touch each other's soul in a way that's just really impactful. And when you're like that, even in the sense of the sexual intimacy, the amount of, um, Orgasms are more possible, powerful. The amount of connection. People are really, I mean, when we were just talking about people are really, I think, when they think of intimacy, they feel like, well, yeah, I mean, we're in the same room, we're spending time together, but I don't think that people are, are aware of how either present or how distracted they are, or they get confused between quality time and quantity time. So like you could be sitting on the couch next to somebody and even touching toe to toe, but there's absolutely no connection there and no intimacy. And so right. I feel like what you're saying is you got to just like, zone in and get rid of the distractions and and I appreciate you almost identifying a number of those distractions whether it's work whether it's you know stress with other relationships whether it's parenting whether it's our routines I was just actually working with a couple tonight about like when two people and we take it for granted when two people work full time like the energy levels and the fatigue that happens and how the two of two people can communicate during that time. But it is really interesting and I appreciate that you're bringing in all types of relationships, relatives, friends, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And we all have, I was, I, I actually have a lot, of, a lot of people who I asked to do this, you know, chart, they put themselves in the middle and I have right. them with people at the different levels of intimacy in their life because those people who are closest are typically the ones we trust. But you're continuously kind of using this phrase of like being present and I think it's a beautiful thing because you have to like be in the moment in order to really listen to somebody too, like we as therapists, right? If we're right. distracted, if we're somewhere else, if we haven't slept that night, if we're stressed about our spouses or right. our kids or whatever it is, really, really tough to be present. Right, and we cannot hear. And one of yeah. the number one reasons why couples separate and get divorced is loneliness. Mm. Do you know how many couples are lonely? And it's kind of like what you said, Dr. Jackson, where two people are just sitting in the room, maybe they're eating dinner or whatever, but they're not connecting. And that's different than being alone. Being alone is different than loneliness. And almost, it's almost like lonelier to be in a room with someone and feel disconnected. Mm -hmm. Which it seems so basic to me when it comes to like interventions with relationships. It seems so basic to like just observe that. Like I'm feeling like we're not connecting or I'm feeling alone even though I'm not alone, right? 
or feeling lonely, I should say, right. when I'm when I'm not alone. Um, but it is an interesting thing, and I think rebuilding that sort of thing. I, I remember I was out at a bar one time, and I could tell this couple was on their first date, and I walked over, and they were on their phone, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. get oh, off your damn phone. I know. <laughs> that was a good face, April. Um, you know, get off your yeah, phone and start really listening to the other person. Right. It's that emotional connection. And, you know, as yeah. a sex therapist, sometimes people come in, um, and especially sometimes on one gender more than the other, um, and they're like, well, my wife isn't, you know, she's not uh, excited about sex and this and that, but there's no emotional connection. And I say it to that many women see emotions like men see boobs and tits, you know, it's just that, that's what gets yeah. women excited. Yep. <laughs> what I've heard, and I've always said this, we try to avoid all of like most of like the gender stereotypes, but I do feel yeah. like I, I think from time to time when I hear about this, that a lot of times if I have like the heterosexual couples in my office and it just feels like the woman more often than not is craving emotional connection in order to even feel the sexual connection and that the men are feeling like they need the sexual connection to feel emotionally connected and it feels like kind of a cruel joke hi i want to know what what is it like in gay relationships you know, honestly, I think we oftentimes, I mean, really, we're the same. We are built the same way. And I can't tell you how many men have come to me as well and say, I don't feel like I'm connected to him. I don't want to be physically intimate with him when I don't feel emotionally connected. So dudes have that same thing. The only thing that I might say generally that I found with gay couples is that we are a little bit more explicit about our sexual desires and wants. The gay community has had to find our way with that. So we have labels for each other and we have uh, fetishes and kinks that we talk a little bit more openly about. Um, I think it's an interesting thing. A lot of my couples that are going on their first dates will act like, are you a top or a bottom or a side? Um, and it's like, boy, labeling yourself. The other thing I tell people not to do is don't label yourself so quickly. Like open up the conversation to kind of explore because you might feel differently with who you're with. I so I just it. think, I, but I will honor that we as men and women are socialized differently in our world. And right. so I don't know that, you know, Go ahead, please. Another intimacy that I was thinking of that really affects the bedroom, especially once you get to know someone, is intellectual and intimacy. Oh, yeah. say more. Yeah, yes. I mean, I don't know if that's <laughs> happened, but I mean, you get excited with someone, you're with someone, but then if you're not matching intellectually, yep. sometimes the cutest person just, you're like, oh, I'm bored. You know, you know what? Doug just introduced me to sapiosexual yeah is that yes. i feel like that's what we're talking about when you yes. like can't be attracted to someone unless there's a spark well i don't i don't know that i'm, I'm not not define it that way i think people are drawn sexually to people who are intellectual but what i heard you say april that i really like is that if you're talking to someone who cannot have that conversation with you right. like if you're trying to talk about like even navigating your sexual relationship, if that's what we're talking about. Like if, yes. if someone else is uncomfortable talking, you're at different like at emotional intelligence levels. Right. And you wanna be able to really have that conversation. And I think there's nothing off limits, like on the first date, second date, get out with talk it, put it out there and mm-hmm. talk about what your fetishes, kinks and role plays and whatever else you wanna try with your partner to be satisfied. Because if you are not exploring those things in a communicative sort of way, I think we're in trouble. Right, right. And then the creativity yeah. loss. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, for it's sure. exploring and stuff. Yes. Yeah. I like yeah. that word creativity. That was a very simple yes. word you used, um, but it kind of encompasses the whole experience. Like 
adventure. Right, there's journey. also creative intimacy. Yeah, you know, say more. Yeah being, yeah, being creative with one another, a variety of things, whether we use paint, whether we use food, you know what I'm saying? Even in the sense yeah. of um, cooking together or making something together. Yeah. Yeah. I really like, love that. Yep. It's, it's a means of connecting. It is. Yes. Yep. And it all mm -hmm. comes back to presence. Right. I mean, it's just so important. I, I want to dive right into the sex first, because you were saying if you're intimate, you have more orgasms. I kind of want to hear everything that you know. <laughs> You've got a six book series. You've got to know some stuff about some stuff. What tell us about that sexual intimacy, which is so very different than just coming in, having sex and leaving like how does one even go about having intimacy in the bedroom? Number one, it really starts number one, and you know in your own body. Yeah, because many times I didn't know about about you is that when people come into session and they're blaming their partner, and then I'm like, well, do you know your own body? Do you know what oh. what turns you on? Have you even looked at, um, you know, some people haven't even looked at their own private parts. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really important to know your own body. That's number yeah. one, that mm -hmm. holds self-intimacy, which is wonderful. Um, and then, of course, like he was saying, being able to talk about it, talk about what you like, what you dislike. Having that emotional connection is really wonderful. You know, being able to do that, being able also to set time aside, because if you're going um, and you have no energy, yeah. No one likes someone just to lay there because you can feel the difference. <laughs> and sometimes one gender thinks you can't feel the difference, but you can. <laughs> there are blow up dolls for that. Yeah, I, guess. I feel like um, everybody, anyone with their eyes open could probably feel the difference. Or yeah, yeah. we yeah. feel here. You know, April, um, I'm going to, you know, go back to something you said about like knowing your body and what pleasures you. I think there's so many reasons, whether it's that they have received, people have received shameful messages from their family of origin or their their schools or their church or whatever it might be that has contributed to like negative messages about sexuality and freedom of expression in that way. You know, masturbation, of course, in some you know, circles have been, has been taught as a bad thing. So I love what you said about like really knowing your body. I think that's tough, mm -hmm. you know, and I will say that as we get older and I found this to myself, even though I'm what, 25 now? You've been 25 only for I just have, like a decade or two. I don't know why April's laughing when I say that. <laughs> um, but you know, it's interesting because as my, as I've gotten older, I know myself better. I know my body better. I know what, I know what I like sexually in the bedroom better. So we kind of get to, you know, and part of that comes with confidence and experience. Mm -hmm. Because when we're in our 20s, I wish everyone could take a big course on like how to find a relationship and know your body in, in high school, but it just is not going to work right now in our current world. Maybe especially in Florida, I'm not sure, but um, we got some conservative laws down your way. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was just going to say for most females, um, they have no idea. Like men, uh, they know and they name it. And if it was on a lineup, they could pick it up. But females, they have no idea what <laughs> their body part looks like, you know, that we were told not to touch, look, think about it whatsoever. So it's really important to get to know it. Yes. And it also, there's a part, it's like, 
being comfortable in your own skin. And also, I think what I like to talk to my clients about is um, just being embodied in sort of your senses. So if you're trying to figure out your own sensuality and sexuality, you're absolutely right. It doesn't start with your partner. It starts with even just like waking up all of the senses, Um, smelling something really beautiful or different like, you know, notes of sense that might wake something up. And seeing beautiful things wakes something up in people. Listening to the right kind of music, some tactile, anything that's just like waking up your senses, inner world. And then I also, this, I, I bet you've never done this. I bet you've never done this either because this is not actually. I don't think you should bet April and I about anything. This isn't an actual therapeutic move, but I've done this to several, I've had several, you know, adult women who are in um, relationships and they're just feeling really like, I don't know if they're like ashamed or they aren't connected to their own sexuality and sensuality. And I will absolutely prescribe porn, but also have you, have you guys ever seen Outlander? Oh my God. Um, no. I have recommended Outlander to a lot of my beautiful, repressed, like kind of embarrassed in their own sexuality. You know, it's like sometimes we just need to see what it looks like to be comfortable in your own body. Huh. It's true, Outlander. Yeah, watch I'm it not going to watch it. Um, I have prescribed porn, though, because yeah. I think porn is a way to figure out what we like. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't want to be exploitative about some of the actors and people who have done this and maybe coerced into porn. And I don't want to be insensitive to that. But it's an easy way, given our, our culture of the Internet at this point, to really kind of explore what it is. And I certainly have found things myself um, yeah. to explore in that have regard. You? So and I'm not going to tell you. That. <laughs> I'm going to I tell it's April. Not Outlander. It's not Outlander. I don't have any interest in that. Well, I'm telling you, it's either like it's like the coming of age. It's like Outlander. It's like Twilight. Where if you're attracted to werewolves, <laughs> you're going to get some comments here from what you I am attracted to werewolves, especially yeah, you are. especially you are. Um, the X Men. Oh um, my gosh! But yes, so back back to sex. So because also. I feel like, I mean, I'm thinking about a couple that I have that is like, they have sex, but they can't even look each other in the eyes to have a real conversation or anything involving any sort of emotion. It's like, there's this wall between them where one of them gets really twitchy and can't even face their partner. And so I can't even imagine if there's a couple like that, that's coming to you. And maybe one of them is just saying like, we're not having enough sex. And then you see there's a lot of other issues there before they get to the sex. I mean, how do you even work with someone like that? Right. Well, that's why I talk so much about the emotional piece is number one. Um, Number two, of course, is also you got to feel sexy, you know, in the sense of having a good self-esteem. Number three, well, how do they awesome. do that? That's really good, though. How do they do that? How does somebody feel sexy? You want me to show you? Yes, Doug's going to yes. show I'm us. not going to do April. You can fucking <laughs> It's being able to even look yourself in the mirror naked. 
You know what I'm saying? Got to be comfortable in your skin and be able to touch. Some people yes. are feeling sexier in like a turtleneck in the dark. Right. I And that, that requires work. We should be proud of ourselves. We should be working, you know, and I always tell people, if you don't like something about yourself, evaluate whether you can change it or not. I didn't like my teeth, I changed it. I, you know, didn't like my glasses, so I went to get LASIK. Um, but I think we all have to do that. I'm laughing a little bit about that because I will not even have any problem telling people that I dance naked in front of the mirror in my bathroom every single fucking morning. Um, right. I, put, I put some um, amazing dance music on. Right, I'm like, okay, right. you're, you're right. still and rocking it at your age. Right. Go ahead. Right, and you know that if even if it's a part of your body you want to change and you don't That's really, right. yes. But but if you talk nice to it, it'll work for you. Oh. It will. It will. Yeah, but if you talk bad, bad to your stomach and all this and that, it's going to cause more problems. But if you talk, that's nice a lovely, to lovely comment. It is. Yeah. You give people scripts. <laughs> yes. I yes, do. I, I think do. people want me to script about that. Yes. Like, Belly, you are a part of me, right? Well, yes. and I remember. I have. I've got a friend and his brother. I feel like I talked about this a million years ago in you one of our have. first episodes. But I remember that, like, you know, he loved his wife. He was so attracted to his wife. She went through two pregnancies. Was feeling really gross in her body. He was so attracted to her. But then her yeah. own yeah. self-esteem became right. an obstacle in their way to intimacy because right. she was no longer comfortable in her own body. And then. And he was complaining that like her self-esteem is becoming my problem, yeah. which was not the most sensitive thing that he could have said. But right. it was like, I still find her wildly attractive, but we're still not having any sex. And you have to be able to be honest about that. So while it may not appear sensitive, I'm glad he said something. Mm -hmm. Because that was yeah. his reality, right? And you do have to be sensitive to it because like, um, like you guys know, the body keeps score. So the body yep. remembers everything. Yep. Yes, yes. And sometimes you have to create new memories on places that were scarred or had, you know, bad memories attached to it. So that yep. also impacts, you know, that whole sexual intimacy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, one of the things, and I am a single dude and I appreciate being single. I choose to be single. Um, but one of the things we're kind of curious about on your take on it, and I have my own, but, you know, I think what it means to be intimate as a single person. Mm -hmm. What would you say about that? What does it mean to be intimate as a single person? First, of course, of which you do a great job. You're intimate with yourself. Yes. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. And but not every and this is over. I was going to say this. Not every sexual experience is an intimate experience. And we all know that. That's a really, really great comment mm -hmm. that I think yes. people need to hear. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But it, it's OK. I mean, if you're out there and you're single and you want intimacy, it's finding someone who can you can connect with on different levels. You know, you know, one of the things I always tell people, April, and, you know, I, I, I do do this myself. Like I'm I know what I'm looking for when I'm looking for sexual intimacy. I know what I'm right. looking for when I'm looking for companionship. I am incredibly grateful to have all of my lovely friends who celebrated my birthday with me last Saturday, oh, including my awesome. yeah, yeah, it was so much fun. Twenty six. Yeah, He's twenty five again. 
April, I, yeah, I turned 25 <laughs> and this restaurant sees me every year and they just yes. keep saying 25, right? Anyway, they did not do that. Um, but you know, it laughed like April just did. But you know, the thing about it is the people at my table are my inner circle. They are my most intimate people. They know everything about my life. They know, they know probably a lot about my sexual behavior because I share things in private with too much, too much. He shares, <laughs> but you know, and I, and I love my life. And so I have yeah. people who are, are in different levels of that category of intimacy. And you know, I am a friends with benefits or a fuck right. buddy person. And so right, for me, right. you know, it's, it's everything you just said, like you were kind of heading down that path of navigating it, communicating right. what it is you want to need. And of course right. we all have apps that we can use to do that, but I'm very clear. This is what I'm looking for. This is the type of person I'm interested in. And these are the sexual acts that I want to do. You know, yeah. and when you can kind of go from the menu, and this is where maybe being a man makes it a little bit easier because you get to just ask for what you want. And there's another man that's going to say, I, it's exactly what I'm looking to do. So, yes, but guess what? Um, Women can do the same thing. You understand that. Thank God. They should do the same thing. I know. The only, yes. thing, the only thing, April, I hear a lot, and I don't know if you want to comment on this, but I hear a lot from my females, like, they don't feel quite as safe doing that. Like, I feel safe mm -hmm. walking up to somebody's door and saying, Okay, you look like the picture. Let's go, right? <laughs> right. Um, right. Or vice versa. Whereas women, right. I think, feel a little more vulnerable. Would you say that's true? I, I would say they feel a little bit more vulnerable, but it's also um, checking a person out, you know, checking with your yeah. friends, all this, having these other safe parameters. So you can, and you should always be able to speak your truth. Nope. Yes. Yeah, I think that's definitely <laughs> imperative. April, you have some lines that I just want to make sure get really highlighted in this so uh, in this uh, storyline here because, so like, visionary. speaking your truth is kind of my my thing about therapy. Like, live an honest life, whatever that happens to be for you. It doesn't matter. You know, nobody gets to judge that as therapists. Nobody else gets to decide how you live this life as long as you're not hurting other people, right? Right, so. definitely. And I work with so many couples. Are um, I'm going to say on the female side sometimes where they're just faking it yeah. or they're just oh. laying there and that oh. is just making the whole situation worse the man can feel it anybody can feel it but they're like when is this going to be over and it's worse because oh. also they've left their body they've gone oh. left their body thinking about groceries or whatever and then they come back and of course it feels worse and then they wonder why why am i not getting all excited why this and that no. yes after you do that for a prolonged your body gets, you know, used to that. So please speak your truth. And what would you suggest like in that moment? Like if you are in that moment and you're feeling bored and not particularly attracted and you're waiting for it to be over and you know that this is what you're supposed to be doing and wanting, but you can't, you can't get yourself back in it. Like what would you suggest? Well, there's two parts. I mean, like you said, if you didn't feel safe and you're like, whatever, then you need to communicate and you need to say, um, I'm so, I'm so sorry, but I can't do this. You know? Yep. Yeah. You need to communicate it for sure. If for and some no reason no. there are, yep. yeah, no means no. There are other people who kind of wa want it, but their minds go X, Y, Z, you know? It's using mindfulness to bring yourself back to the present moment. Because sometimes people get distracted. They see a, a fly. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they're not <laughs> doing that with flies around. <laughs> but they see something or something distracts them, you know, and their mind goes somewhere else. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm in this. Bring your mind back. Find five things on the person body that you can, you know, touch 
you know, four things you can let, you know, use yep. your senses, bring it back. I wonder about, um, I mean, this seems like a different problem, but if someone is, if a couple's complaining about a lack of intimacy, but if the problem is they're, they've lost attraction or, you know, they're not comfortable in their own body or they're not comfortable with their spouse's body anymore, or their partner's body, but they still love them. Like how does someone, like mindfulness might not spark the spark. So like what happened? It's communicating. Which is which That's is exactly really, what I was gonna say. Go ahead. <laughs> really, really hard to do. It's you know, no. and to say you it's know, so I'm not. Hard. Yeah, yeah, I'm not physically attracted to you anymore. Oh man, how yeah. do you have that conversation? You say I'm not physically attracted to you anymore, and I no, honestly, I believe that. yes, they can. No, um, can I'm big that. on directness. Oh, I'm big on yes, speaking yes. their truth. Right, and I think it's really important to do. <laughs> I know you're not Talia. You uh, you you would go around the outside and. But there's nowhere to boy. go. There's no, no, that's that's, that's the problem. That's you're going to be stuck. So when you need to talk to Rob, if you ever do, I will help you. But you will never need to do that because of who, how beautiful your husband is. Um, April, you know. So the other <laughs> thing that I think people make mistakes about. So I developed the four C's: chemistry, communication, compromise, and commitment. And the thing that I'm struck by is I think some people also are somewhat desperate to get into a relationship and they're really not listening to themselves about what they're attracted to. You know, and I remember I was dating somebody for uh, a while and you know, not actually, I'm not gonna say for a while, we had sex fairly quickly into the relationship. And I remember he got naked and we started having sex and I'm like, yeah, this is not gonna work for me. I don't like how you smell. I don't like how you feel. I don't like, you know, how we move together, etc. And I knew right away, this was not gonna be something I could get into. Uh -huh. I could have communicated, but there are signs at my, experience level, um, which I'm not saying I'm like the most experienced. Right. I'm not trying to say that. Uh, but you kind of know chemistry, right? And then you referenced the intellectual piece before. And I talk a lot about emotional intimacy and connection mm -hmm. and chemistry as well. Like you need to feel connected like that person knows you or and I don't think right. that's about money. I don't think that's about job. I don't think that's about anything other than that experience. The only other thing I want to talk about too, like being present and having not you know, not looking at the fly on the ceiling or whatnot, is that we got to talk a little bit maybe about trauma, you know, mm -hmm. sexual trauma in particular and how that affects a person's ability to be present in that sexual experience. Mm -hmm. But I would still say that that's about communication, right? Right, right, right. And when you find yourself, um, that's why it's really good. I don't know if you guys have talked about like doing sometimes sensate focus with couples where they yep. slow it no, down no. and touch. And okay. Sensate focus is a process where couples can slow it down and really get to learn one another body. So there's one person's basically naked. The other person is there touching them from top to bottom um, using all different type of touches, soft touch, hard touch, tongues, you know, feathers or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but you take your time and sometimes you may only spend, you may spend 30 minutes here, you know, wow. but then there may be a spot that comes up that yep. someone touches you and your mind goes somewhere, whether it's trauma or wherever. Yeah, you gotta pay very close attention to that. Yep. Then you decide whether as a couple, you guys never touch it again, whether this person goes to therapy or whether you also, um, you know, adding all that up, make new memories there because yeah. the body does keep score. No, I appreciate that. I was just gonna reference Bessel van der Kolk again yeah. and his work on PTSD and trauma. 
our bodies do keep the score and it is fascinating. Um, the, the thing that is striking to me, like I work with a lot of people who enjoy bondage, discipline, sadomasochistic behavior, BDSM. Right. And the reality is there's a lot of people who see that as potentially the means by which people are re repeating their trauma or recurring trauma. And I don't see it that way. Right. I love that you're already nodding. So tell me what you think about that. Yes. It's, so if that's what um, a person gets pleasure from. Yeah. You know, yep. I mean, it's the same thing in the sense of pain where some people get pleasure from running so high and their, you know, legs hurt, <laughs> you know, and then they Not get, you know, or getting a tattoo. <laughs> oh, tattoo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We're all different. We are. You know, yeah. And we got to realize that. That's why it's so important, as I said earlier, to know yourself. One yeah. thing that I, I mean, when you were talking about the sensate focus, I just like, I love that idea so much because it is very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And if your partner is doting on you and present with you and a witness to you feeling really exposed, literally right. and vulnerable, that exercise creates a kind of intimacy that most other situations would never be able to create. Right. And that seems like a really beautiful place to start if people are having a hard time being present with each other in a sexual way. Although it's right. also I, incredibly vulnerable. Go it's ahead. incredibly yeah. vulnerable. Yeah, and actually I was gonna say, when you um, actually shut down one of the senses, so for some couples that are able to blindfold, then you're yeah. really truly present because yeah. you feel the other four senses heighten up. But not everybody can be blindfold because of trauma. So yeah. You know, I, uh, one of the books that I bought, I have two kids um, and I bought a book called It's Perfectly Normal When They Were Growing Up. And there was one okay. particular page and I swear every single person that came over to our house looked at it. I think my kids were showing it to their friends. Uh, without letting me know, uh, but you know, the, the book got open and there were like all different body types. There were people in wheelchairs, there were people without limbs, there were people with right. you know prosthetic devices and there were heavy people, there were skinny people, there were short people, there were old people. And it really normalized that everyone has a sexuality mm -hmm. and that everyone is a human being that needs to be seen that way. And so this process of kind of understanding not only our own bodies, but the bodies of our partners that we're with if we're trying to rebuild some connection through through that touch experience, it gets people really vulnerable about their body shape as well. We all have things about our bodies we don't like, right? right? right. And so right. if we can really expose that to our, and, and confidence is the biggest aphrodisiac I wanna say. So like if you love your body and you're dancing in front of the mirror in the morning to gay dance music, oh, that's me. Um, you know, I- I, I, I do sometimes. I know, you too, with me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, we yeah. haven't done it together. No, okay. but you have been in the bath for like 70% of the conversation. <laughs> and you asked me to FaceTime last time I was in the like, bathroom, I'm but I'm in like, the bath. I'm like, okay, never mind. No, I, I said, okay. And then I took screenshots. I'm kidding. I did that. Um, but you know, I am, even though I'm not 25, um, I do feel comfortable in my body and I work on my body and I feel good about working on it. And, you know, so there's so many ways that we can go back to like what it is that you can do to, to work on yourself. Not everyone has that ability. I'm very respectful of disabilities and whatnot, um, but we all can find a way 
to feel better about ourselves. And I think this whole touch experience, the sensate focus, um, which of course I've learned about as well. I think there's a part where just really getting vulnerable and letting somebody touch you in your worst possible places, which is belly for a lot of people, by the way. Uh, right? So, universally. Yeah. And then it's also teaches people to talk up to say what feels good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes people have sex and it's so fast or whatever the case may be. And no one ever says, I like this. I don't like this or whatever. This gives people a chance to actually talk about it. No. And I think that's, I, you know, communication is key to yeah, every part of a relationship to create that intimacy and that connection. And I think people who feel disconnected, you know, I actually just uh, worked with a couple on, you know, if you need something at the end of the night, either, t you know, ask if it's okay, you know, if you need to hug, if you need to kiss, if you need an affirmation, you know, of, of I'm, I love you or whatever, just ask for it, right? Because it's critically important to do that. And I don't mm -hmm. think we do that enough. And I think people spin away. I think people kind of distance as time goes on, if they're not communicating about their changing body needs too. I mean, whether that's hormonal, whether that's erectile dysfunction, whatever it happens to be, prostate cancer. I always tell my clients who have had prostate cancer and struggle with erectile functioning, like you still have a sexuality. You can still do a lot of things. You can put a strap on if you need. You can use your tongue in any way you need to, to use it. That's right. So there's a lot of pieces to that puzzle to kind of reinvigorate that, that connection. Right. And I'm glad you mentioned that in the sense of communication as you age, because you, your body changes and what you like when you were 20, you may not like, you know, when you're 40. Yep. And in the context of if, if people get married at 20, that's why it's so important to continuously right. evolve and check right. in and make sure that you are letting each other know, like this no longer feels good, or I kind of want to try this, or right. I want to open the relationship, or I want to try ethical non-monogamy, like whatever it might be that you want to try. That's where, right. you know, bring it up with your partner. Yeah, so be curious. Yeah, because people who are lucky enough to be happy in their marriage for a very long time, they need to explore and continue to be curious yeah. and grow. Um, I am, this is what I think might be really interesting to people because nobody is in each other's bedroom and many people don't, even know how to picture what a, a successfully intimate connected partnership might even look like in the bedroom like maybe we can flesh it out for people of like what would it look like to have a very present and intimate sexual experience or a present and um a partner who is really tuned in because I don't know if people can even picture what that looks like. Like, are you talking? Are you making eye contact? Are you asking them if something feels good or not feels good? Are you stopping if it starts to feel slightly disengaged or somebody's tuning out and trying to bring them back in? Like, I'm kind of curious about everyone's thoughts about what that would look like <laughs> <laughs> well i think all of the things that you just said plus you're not yeah. really thinking you're in the present moment so you're not thinking about you know all others other stuff and sometimes you just have that feeling of freedom mm -hmm. and you just want more and more and more till you just yeah. burst and sometimes at a certain point you, yeah you get a, like an animal where you're like selfish 
which I think is about communication too. Yeah. And I think, okay. And that's where both yes. parties engaging in that process. Yeah. I have, you know, I think there are a lot of people who like pleasing somebody else. It turns them on right. to please somebody else. Right. You know, people who want their partner to get off first. I mean, there's a lot of ways that that shows up, um, but that's it. I mean, it's really, I gotta be honest, it's always gonna be about communication. Right. Like I always will come back to that. Like no matter what's going on for you, no matter what's happening, um, and I do, I, one of the things that I, I'm going to repeat this, like, I think we oftentimes choose the wrong person. I tell people, honestly, if you're going to somebody's place for a hookup, women, men, whatever it happens to be, um, non-binary individuals, I find myself very clear. If you don't feel it when you're with that person, don't feel obligated to go through with it. Mm -hmm. Even if you've navigated this, even if you've negotiated what's going to happen, you are under no obligation to fulfill somebody's sexual experience if you're not feeling it. You don't have to do things you want to do. And, and I think that's part of like that communication process in relationships and otherwise. So, yeah, I also think you should have a list and, mm -hmm. and know what you want, because if not, you're yep. asking the universe to bring you whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. when you go to the grocery store and you don't have a list. Yep. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's it. And Be you know, specific. And I think the more comfortable you are talking about things, like I will tell you, I know exactly what I, I like. Um, and it's and it's it's fairly narrow. I think my needs get more narrow in the course of time mm -hmm. because I really want it to be explosive and fun when I'm connected right. to somebody, right? So- I love it. Yeah, I know, it's kind of fun. It is, and <laughs> Um, Dr. April, we're, as we're wrapping up, We'd love to hear if you have any, I know you've done so many interesting um, couples retreats where you travel to them. And I wanna know just like tips and tricks. What would you tell people that are struggling with intimacy, self-intimacy, sexual intimacy? Um, I know you probably are chocked full of ideas and thoughts to tell, to tell people that come to you. Where do they begin? <laughs> <laughs> well, they begin kind of like we said in the beginning, knowing yourself and exploring yourself is number one. Yep. Yes. Yep. I, yes. Also, um, kind of as we've been talking about is communicating, communicating to your partner about your needs. Also, listening to your partner, actually hearing them what their needs are, you know, yep. and sometimes they make change over time is one, you know, definitely great, great things. And it's really good to, I mean... If you're in a relationship and it's been a long time, 20 years, five years, whatever, and you're bored, it's okay to try new things. Yeah. And if you don't like it, you don't have to try it again, but it's okay. Get a book, look at porn, read a, you know, romantic novel together, you know? Yeah. yeah. And if it's, you know, intellect, if it's chemistry, math, whatever, <laughs> but it stimulates your, yes. Yeah. I yeah. love it. And I remember you said, get rid of all the distractions that all it really is, is just being present. And that is actual quality connection. And that will improve every area of your life if you can figure that out. And you know, we're talking about this so easily on this particular episode, but I think again, I gotta go back to this word shame. I think so many people have shame around mm -hmm. sexuality. Mm -hmm. So many people have shame about whether, you know, uh, it's a fetish or a role play or whatnot that they want to engage in. So many people have a hard time talking about it because we've been told to be quiet about those things by, again, a number of different entities. We got to burst that bubble right open we, and we open do, up that. Because, yeah. yeah, sex is not um, just to have babies because 
If it was designed that way, every time we would have sex, we would have a baby. And pleasure can sometimes take away pain, even physical pain. You know, most people think about just the emotional pain, but it can also take away physical pain. What I'm pulling from what you said is where there is shame, there can be no intimacy. And so that is a part of, we need to be owning that and working on our own experience in our own bodies and yep. being self-conscious or being just closed up and unable to receive or yep. feeling undeserving of receiving. And I think that's the work we all do, the three of us all do with our clients in therapy is that we try to you know, to discover what it is that's in their way and what their barriers are and what those internalized messages are that are, are impacting things. And as a gay man, you know, I've worked with the gay community now forever and, you know, people with HIV has been also a, an area of focus in my practice for the last 28 years. Um, the thing that I'm struck by is that internalized negativity about yourself, like I'm damaged or I'm, you know, there's, I'm going to hell because I'm gay, what, you know, depending on what church they've grown up in, um, those messages have to be challenged. And of course, we, we all do. know that that's not, yeah. So yeah, I'm loving that. You, yeah. You know? Right, right. That's the worst because you cannot divorce yourself. Correct. <laughs> that is real. <laughs> yes. We so could when you have that metaphor, I love it, April. Like maybe we could divorce a part of ourselves, like that negative messaging. The shame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. get out of here. Yes, Doctor April. We cannot thank you enough for coming. This is so late for you. It's bedtime for most, and you still oh, yeah, popped up. Yeah. <laughs> Will you tell us where can people find you? Tell us. Where are you? Tell us about your books that people are okay. wanting to find. Where can they find Okay. You? Well, it's easy to find me. Um, it's www.draprilbrown.com. And on that website, um, I know we've been talking about intimacy a lot. You can um, take an intimacy quiz to realize mm -hmm. on, you know, on yourself, on how intimate are you really with yourself or with your partner. I also have on their books. Um, and not only just intimacy within a couple, and there's a spiritual intimacy, but also intimate connections with your children, because your children want you to be present. Intimate connection in the community and giving back and in business and in relationships. And then the final thing that I really love doing is retreats. Most of the time when people think about couples counseling, they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be on a couch and someone telling me X, Y, or Z. In my intimate retreats, we play. Oh, what do you play? more. Do you, watch, do you watch Outlander? Just kidding. <laughs> so whether it's in Costa Rica where we're doing, you know, zip lining or um, dancing on the ho horses, or I also in here in Florida, I do one couple at a time. And we may be playing with Legos, uh, scarves, there's the pool, basketball. We do a lot of playing too, because when you play, I don't think I, I don't know if you guys remember when you were little. When mm -hmm. you play, you would truly play. I feel like we still play. We have a really good play. We do play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and you can really you. solve a lot of things through that process. Yeah, and also get in touch with your body, right? Because you right. are, and, and get some dopamine going and some endorphins going if you're do, engaging in that physical activity, which can be really, really uh, healthy for sex life, but also your mood. Um, right. You know, it's interesting because you and I are doing a singles retreat in the uh, very, very soon coming we months. We are. Yeah. We're about to release it to the yeah. world as soon as awesome. we know the date. 
And we're also going to be doing a couples retreat at some point. And I, I think it's yes. such a great opportunity to do some intensive work with people. But I love the idea of like the body mind connection that you're talking about. Yes, definitely. <laughs> There, this is an inside joke that I'm going to beat him up I later. See, I can see him touching you. I can see him touching you. <laughs> oh, Dr. April, if you only knew, because we're about to put out this singles retreat, and I wanted to have a mind-body connection and have a little, like, 30 minutes of, like, quiet and yoga, and he was like, barf, barf. I like no ziplining that. Yeah. Did you really see me grab her under the table? <laughs> I did. <laughs> She's reading us. I knew she was going to laugh oh at my, my comment. Yeah. Well, maybe someday we'll get to collaborate and you are so yes, lovely. Definitely. And thank yes, you. And thank you guys so much, so much for having me on the show. I really have a April, it is a total pleasure. Thank you for coming on so late. And I got to tell you, I just feel like we just started. So I kind of find myself wishing to like keep chatting with you a little bit, but maybe we'll have another opportunity to do that someday. Of course, definitely. Have a lovely and guys, yeah, and I'm going to send you an invitation to be on my show also. So, oh, thank you so much. We would love that. We would love yes. that. April, yes. thank you for your wisdom and thank you for your energy. You have a gorgeous smile that really just has this beautiful energy to it. Thank you so much for it's joining true. us. Oh, thank you. You guys take it easy. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you. you. Friends, if you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen. Rate, review, because for whatever reason, that sends us to the top of the charts, although we are already at the top of the charts in Bulgaria. And remember, we're at least your eyes are not grayed like hours before we put our eye drops in. It's a combination of green. <laughs> we love you guys. Find us on social media. <laughs> Douglas L. Jensen, Dr. Talia Jackson. We're not fine. <laughs> See you next time. Uh, uh.